This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And our guest today is pastry chef Tiffany Wansley. We're going inside the restaurant to talk about pastries on today's show. What's your favorite pastry to order at a restaurant? How do you, have you tried to bake it at home? Do you have a family pastry recipe that you'd be willing to share? Give us a call this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 746 or you can send us an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And our guest today is pastry chef Tiffany Wansley. So we're going inside the restaurant to talk about pastries on today's show. What's your favorite pastry to order at a restaurant? Have you ever tried to bake it at home? Or do you have a family pastry recipe that you'd like to share with us? Give us a call this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. So good morning to you both. Hope that you're doing well today. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing fantastic. Had an amazing, amazing weekend. It was um, the stuff that dreams are made out of. How about that? Very good. <laughs> How was your weekend? Uh, good. A uh, little uh, problem on Saturday. Played some tennis. Had a little bit of a knee problem that's a little sore than usual, but uh, gimping around. We'll probably be over that in a couple of days, I hope, and then back out there again. Uh, yeah, and I think what is the expression? We must soldier on. And I'm right. really proud of you for out there swinging and hanging out, Kevin. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to talk to our guest in just a few minutes, but um, brought in a nice uh, treat for us this morning. Deborah, what, what did you bring in? Well, um, you know, because we were going to be talking about pastries today, I brought in a white chocolate and pineapple pound cake, Kevin, and it is just absolutely yummy. Uh, it's perfect with a cup of coffee. It's perfect for this time of year. You know, the season is changing, and um, I was looking at the amazing leaves that are, you know, changing colors. So it's the right cake for this. It's a, it's really a traditional pound cake. It's really moist. Uh, but the white chocolate and the pineapples together are just incredible. And what I did was pan seared those pineapples before I actually added them uh, into the, or laced them on top of the cake before we baked it because I wanted to infuse as much flavor. So I took a little bit of butter, uh, some nutmeg, and just a tiny bit of a brownie, I'm sorry, brandy, and I blazed them up in a pan. And then we layered them on the uh, batter. And then we baked this cake for about an hour and 15 minutes, Kevin, about 325. And um, so, yeah, we got a yummy treat this morning. <laughs> So, I guess pound cake, it's dense enough to where the, I guess there was some sinking, but I mean, the 
the pineapple didn't sink all the way to the bottom. Well, yeah, I, what I did was use the chunks. And, you know, normally what happens is people, uh, you, it's the upside down pineapple cake. So when you flip it, you got it the other way. But I chose uh, with this particular cake, Kevin, to simply place the uh, seared pineapples on top of uh, the cake. And then I drizzled just a little bit of batter on top of that. So that's why you have the covering of the pineapples because I didn't want them to burn. And it's just an absolutely amazing treat. We have some open phone lines. If you'd like to join in on our conversation about pastry this morning, uh, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. You can send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. Our guest today is Tiffany Wansley, a pastry chef. Tiffany, thanks for joining us. Um, thank you for having me this morning. So uh, give us a little idea on your background. Is uh, cooking uh, uh, something that you've always been interested in? Cooking is something I've been interested in since I was a child. I've always, like from the moment I could reach the stove, I started cooking. Um, desserts was the first thing I got into. I had a school project where everyone was supposed to bring in something on a schedule that they think that everyone else was, had may have never had before. And then so I went to the library. We had the, this Walt Disney uh, cookbook for kids. Yeah. And um, I found the recipe for something called spicy sugar cookies, which I know now is basically snickerdoodles, <laughs> but I never heard of spicy sugar cookies. And so I was uh, 10 years old in the fifth grade. I spent all morning baking these cookies and um, I went to Pecan Park Elementary and um, everybody loved the cookies. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I might do this again. Oh, wow. And then when I got home from school, I saw all these black rocks in the bushes and in the yard. I was like, what is this? They're like, yeah, you left the batch in the oven before you went to school this morning. And no one knew they were in the oven. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Well, you know, okay, so you were 10 and did that. Can I tell you how many times I've done that since I've been an adult? So, you know, sometimes you just get busy and you forget. Because I didn't know how many it makes. I just made a lot. I just kept making them. I put them in the oven, pulled them out, put them in the oven, pull them out. And then I, and I came home, I was like, what is what's all this stuff in the yard? And you just threw them out the front door. And I was like, yeah, that, that, was, on, that was on fire. <laughs> Now, it's interesting because one thing we talk about on the show uh, quite frequently is kind of getting kids involved and, and interested in, in the kitchen. Uh, so did, did your mother kind of shepherd you along when you showed an interest in, in getting in there? Um, she was happy that I was interested because she didn't want to cook. <laughs> but actually, my mother, she was always um, busy. She worked nights at UMC as a nurse in the pediatric pediatric emergency room so um she didn't always have time to cook and then so when i said i wanted to learn how to make i want like it also around 10 i also wanted i wanted to learn how to make meals because i wasn't just interested in desserts yeah. i'm interested in food yeah and uh and so like spaghetti was the first thing she taught me <laughs> how to make you know cutting up the vegetables browning the beef and you know sauces and pouring in sauces and cooking the pasta and stuff like that so you know she helped me out um she was always good about letting me go to the library i used to go check out books um she would entertain my ideas even if it didn't turn out right she's yeah. like oh okay sure you know 
But, you know, I think that's a wonderful thing, Tiffany, about, you know, encouraging your kids in the kitchen. And like Kevin said, we talk about that quite often because food is a, a great way to teach your children so many different values. You know, first of all, it's the responsibility of sharing with your family. But you can teach them science. You can teach them art. You can teach them math. I mean, it's an incredible tool. It's never, for me, just about food. It is all of those things. But it's all of those things together. But the spaghetti thing is really funny because um, from the time that I learned to cook until about uh, five Five years ago, spaghetti was the only meal that I made, which is hilarious. I'm not kidding. My daughter, and you would have to know my story, Tiffany, but my daughter says, Mama, why didn't you say that prayer and ask God to teach you how to cook when I was at home? And it's just really crazy because she would come home and there would be spaghetti and she would look at me like, oh, God, not like spaghetti again. again. <laughs> yeah. And like things that I could do by myself was like hamburger helper. So like I got hamburger helper out because it was something I didn't need supervision for. Cause you know, it was just brown the meat, add the water. That's that. And I was like, okay, but I need something else to eat. <laughs> so when did you know that you wanted to take that uh, 10 year old desire and turn it into something else? Actually, it was a total fluke. Um, I had gotten an associate's degree in graphic design from Heinz Community College, but I'd actually gotten a job working as a paralegal assistant downtown. And I got tired of paperwork and I was like, I think I need to go get my four year degree. And MUW was one of the schools I looked at, Mississippi University for Women. And I had scheduled an appointment. I said, I'm going to go tour the school, see what they have going on, look at the graphic design department. I scheduled my appointment. I show up. And apparently it was a holiday and a lot of people weren't there. There were no teachers there to show me around. There was no one to talk to, to ask about the graphic design program. But at MUW, the arts building is connected to the culinary building. Oh, wow. I did not know that they had a culinary program. I did not know that there was a place where I could get a four-year degree um, in culinary and and basically it's a it's a, it's a bachelor's of science degree and after i saw that they had all these kitchens and everything everything i'd ever wanted oh wow and i was just like well my mind's made up i'm not gonna do graphic design anymore i'm gonna i'm gonna pursue cooking because this is what i love i always say when you have those kind of moments those are truly guide moments that aha that light bulb moment that you know it's, it's just meant to be and that, right. those are always amazing moments. Like Kevin being my Monday morning man, it's just meant to be. <laughs> right. Because we drove up there and then there was no one to talk to in the graphic design department. I was like, well, this is, this is, I don't like this. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, well, what's, what's just right here? Oh, this is our culinary department. I said, what? Yeah. Culinary? Okay. <laughs> so you could feel that 10 year old girl getting excited about the possibilities of what was going to happen next? Yes. Yes. It's yeah. fantastic. So um, in a culinary school, do you like have a major, you know, pastry? Was that your major or how how does that exactly work? Actually, I didn't focus on pastries at all when I was in culinary school. Okay. Um, They have advanced baking and but it wasn't required. So I didn't take it. My focus was entrepreneurship. Um, so I just did the culinary with a focus on entrepreneurship and culinary business. And, you know, that's a lot of things that people don't um, understand really about what it is that chefs go through or, you know, to become a certified chef. Uh, Tiffany and I, I respect uh, people who have uh, crafted 
out that area of their life, really brilliant people, really smart people. Uh, to be able to manage a restaurant is incredible. To be the chef in a restaurant is absolutely amazing. And to be able to watch you guys uh, hustle it out every day and keep everything in routine is just, it, and you know, to see women in the kitchen for me is just like, oh my God, just incredible. So I'm very proud of you. And I'm happy that I know you because I get to see, um, I met Tiffany actually at Bravo's. And of course, everybody knows I started hosting there about three months ago, uh, thanks to my very dear friend, Jeff Good, who's been Entering me through some things, and I got to meet Tiffany uh, there along with some wonderful, wonderful, amazing people uh, that are in the back of the house, Kevin. And it's just been a great experience because it's a lot more to it when you come into a restaurant and sit down to have a meal than you realize. It's all the things that happen in the back of the house. For you to have that one moment, it's just so incredible. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking with our guest is pastry chef Tiffany Wansley. Uh, pastry is our topic this morning, so if you have a question or a comment, would like to join in, the phone lines are open, one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send us an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this break. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, offering hybrid doctorates, K-12 leadership, higher education, and math education. Combine online and face-to-face courses to graduate in three years. More information at education.olemiss.edu. For young people and gangs, disputes that start in the streets spill over to social media. I got involved in this work because young people were dying based on what they say online. Desmond Patton sees a chance for intervention. Social media gives us an opportunity to really dig deeper into these experiences. Using social media to stop the violence later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Our guest today is pastry chef Tiffany Wansley. So we're talking about uh, pastry and uh, talking about Tiffany and her career. Uh, we've got some open phone lines if you'd like to join in with your comments or questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 
672-7464. You can also email the show food at mpbonline.org. So baking, I guess, is a, obviously a, a sort of a special type of cooking. Uh, Tiffany, any tips out there for people who enjoy baking? I know it's, uh, it's, it's uh, from what I've heard, you, you have to be very exact with your measurements. If it's you know a cup of something, it's, it's a cup. It's not a cup and a little bit extra or a little bit less. <laughs> uh, what would be some tips for, for bakers out there to try to encourage them? I always say research, research, research. Like it's a, you'll find several different recipes, and everything's on the internet. I always look at how many different ways people do something, right? And then I'll look at people's different recipes, and sometimes you might want a little more of this or a little less that because I'll have an effect that I want to happen in my mind, and so based off recipes that I see in people's comments and I look at what people have done mm-hmm. to adjust those recipes because like to me comments are the best thing ever um, it's always good to know how people will change something to get a better result out for what they're looking for if they wanted it to be more moist or if they wanted to have more rise to it you know just just research and look at what other people say and along with that and it's, it's something that I, we talk about here quite often Kevin too because you you know just because I have a recipe it was what you were saying you don't have to stay to that staple because you want to add in what your personality is right. and for each chef or each baker or a homemaker you know there's a different personality that it comes to the table and trial and error is really a great way to learn I know when my grandmother was in the kitchen she never really used measuring cups it was a pinch of this and some of this and she just threw it in and it all came out of course you know you know from a culinary side it's a science to it. There's the mathematical rhythm of, you know, how to bake things. But for me, when I'm in the kitchen, Tiffany, it really does sometimes just become a matter of creativity. Uh, you know, it, it may not ask for, it may call for vanilla and I decide I don't want, you know, want to use that. I may want to use uh, some fresh orange juice or some lemon juice. You know, it's, it's always a, an opportunity to be creative, kind of like being an artist. And especially when you're a pastry chef, I think that that's it very important. It is three-dimensional art. That's exactly what it is. And to me, that tied it into me, you know, from having the graphic design background. It's all art. And, you know, and it's also musical. Also, once you like you said earlier, when you serve the food, the expression, the look. Yeah. The sounds that yeah. the guests will make and stuff like that. That's all part of it. And it's so amazing that you use the term uh, music because I was talking to a very dear friend of mine yesterday and we were talking about presentation. And from that very first moment that you put a plate on and Kevin is very visual. So when he looks at something, I can tell if I got it really right because he looks at it and his face will kind of rise a little bit. But that moment when you put food in your mouth, it should wake up all your senses. Your brain should feel and taste. You should be able to taste everything. There should be this balance where it really is just exciting to your whole experience because I think food like music and like art it moves us it just you know right. it moves us and it creates moods for you so uh, pastries was that something that you uh, kind of took advantage that was where um, kind of your career led you to or was that something that you were specifically wanting to get into when you started um, <clears throat> no actually I began at Bravo as an intern um, part of my program at MUW was to complete an internship, and I had sent an email out um, to Dan Blumenthal and to the restaurant, and he offered, he gave me an interview, 
and I was able to come down to Mangia Benet's uh, main office. I met Dan, shook his hand, we talked about food. Um, I basically said, like, I, I looked at your menu. There's so much on that menu. Oh, yeah. There's so much on that menu, and it's such a small kitchen. And I was like, I want to know, how does all that come out of there? <laughs> how, how, does, how does somebody do all of this? There are some real mm. rock stars in that kitchen, and Dan Blumenthal really is. Um, he's a true rock star. <laughs> he really is. He's rocking out. We've got some really crazy. It's crazy what happens in the in the kitchen, and everybody's personality is so different. And it's amazing. You come in in the morning, and the music is blasting, and everybody's in their creative zone. And depending okay. on which manager yeah. that picks what type of music you're going to get, and it changes with the personalities in the kitchen. Um, but I ended up in the pastry section. It was uh, someone just simply called me up one day. Um, part of my training was that I had made desserts before during my internship process. Um, I've actually worked every station in the restaurant between pizza, salad, sandwiches, saute, grill, prep, and desserts. Um, and it's just like, well, we, you know, we got used to having someone doing desserts and just come in and do a special dessert every week and do take care of all the restaurant stuff. And I was just like, okay, sure. I mean, and you do such a fantastic job, uh, Tiffany. It was, um, I believe it was the cheesecake, um, the last one that you made. Is it the one with the berries on it? Um, uh, it was like four different types yeah, of berries. Oh, my God. That right. was so intoxicating. Such an amazing <laughs> dessert. Just like, wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not there as much as I used to be, so I don't get to see the reactions all the time. It's like I live for that. Yeah, I think I think that's the joy. Of, for me, it's one of the things that motivates me to cook. You know, I love people, and so food is actually a hook to to be able to have social moments with people. You know, it's for me to be able to har- harass Kevin every mo- Monday morning, uh, and I can get away with it because I feed him, so it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's food for me is really about the the whole gamut of being able to you know, fellowship and love on somebody. And and so being, you know, a cook or a chef to be able to watch people's faces and see the joy, because whatever the burden of the day was, it just kind of washes away when you got a great meal. Right. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We're talking today with uh, pastry chef Tiffany Wansley. Got some open phone lines. So if you enjoy pastries or dessert, call in and share what your favorite one is. <clears throat> or if you need maybe some suggestions on how to make something new in the kitchen, we could give you some ideas at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You know, you've kind of made reference to it as we've been discussing here this morning, but <clears throat> there is a lot of work that goes on in a restaurant. And, and so if you could maybe give us an idea uh, of, of your workday, how, how early do you get in there? How many pastries, desserts do you, do you have to make a day? That kind of thing. Um, since I'm just making desserts now, I try to arrange my prep around the rest of the kitchen because everyone needs the space. We have stoves, we have a couple ovens. And so I'll come in later and I'll generally have a good idea of what I need to do. I, first thing I do is I go in the walk-in, I look at what's left in the walk-in and then I'll go to the line to see what they have out ready to serve at the moment. And then after that, I just make my adjustments in my head about, okay, this is what I need to do to make sure that they have enough desserts to go this far into the week and stuff like that. And then I'll just break down my prep list based on the time consuming things, things that have to go in the oven and things that I need to get cooling. It's just, it's all about timing. 
It's really incredible, Kevin, when you pass by and um, and you see, you know, and like you said, it's a small kitchen, but to see so many people kind of just working together. And it's funny because you see people on their tiptoes kind of passing by each other and still in a rhythm. And then you come out with these amazing, amazing uh, meals. She makes an incredible tiramisu, by the way, Kevin. Oh. So you're going to come have to hang out with us at the restaurant. It is just, I mean, it's super, super yummy. I mean, and to watch her take those lady fingers and build that dessert and I'm going, wow. <laughs> Thank uh, that you. certainly is one of my favorite uh, desserts. <laughs> Did you see his face, sure. Tiffany? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know what? I'm going to need some advice on how to make better biscuits before we go off the air, too. <laughs> Looks like we've got a caller on the line, so we go to Meridian and say hello to Donna. Good morning, Donna. Hey, Donna. Good morning. Good morning. What do you have for us today? Well, I just wanted to call uh, and say to you, first of all, I love your show. I listen to it every Monday. Thank you. <laughs> every Monday, I am in my kitchen most of the day cooking dinner for a Christian recovery group that we have at our church on Monday night. Wow. How so wonderful is that? I love your show while I'm cooking. It's really fun, and I appreciate all the stuff you share. But I wanted to tell you about kind of my adventure in learning to bake bread over the last few years. Um, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2012, and um, at that point, I, I really became, I mean, I'd always enjoyed cooking, but I really became a woman on a mission to try to help him to eat as healthfully as I could. Right. And um, so I began to, to bake sourdough bread, and I've not bought bread in four years from the store. Wow, wow. What I make. But um, with your lady there who is from the restaurant, Tiffany? I would love her to give us some tips and help me get over my, my big challenge. I would love to learn to make a decent croissant, and I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> not succeeding. So I would love for her to uh, give us some tips, and I'm just going to get off the phone now unless you have a question for me. Donna, thank you so much for calling in, girl, and many blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate So any, any suggestions for Donna? Uh, Chrysanthemum is all about the layers and about butter. <laughs> it's, it's about using real butter um, layers. And the thing I've noticed is that but from kitchen to kitchen, from place to place, you'll find these different recipes. Mm -hmm. But um, based on your climate, bread turns out differently. Absolutely. And so you have to just know what you, works for your kitchen and the amount of um, the amount of moisture and humidity you have in your house and in your area. And so um, what you might want to try doing is maybe putting a pan of water in your oven for the first part of the baking process and then you take it out at the end so that it can crisp up and get flaky at the end. So it's like a moist to dry method. That's one of the things, you know, and I think, Kevin, if you remember that we had a caller call in and we were talking about baking cakes and one of the things that I do, Tiffany, based on where I am now in my kitchen is I usually have to add a pan of water just to create that environment so that the cake is, you know, it doesn't dry out, doesn't overcook too fast. And, it, you know, a lot of people don't realize that that just simply by adding that, especially when you're baking something like bread, that little bit of water will create those vapors that that bread needs to uh, to become successful in rising. Right. 
Uh, we need to take another break. Uh, when we get back, we are going to continue our discussion. We're visiting today with our guest, pastry chef Tiffany Wansley. So if you have a question or a comment, you can give us a call. We've got some open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also email the show food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the program after this. Americans have a big decision to make on November 8th. A date which will live not in Mr. Gorbachev. We will keep this promise to the American people. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. Have you ever taken a week to do something that you know you could have easily done in just one day? I think we all have. But Friday, MPB Radio is putting procrastination off for a one-day $100,000 drive. We're asking you to help us raise the entire cost of all things considered in just one day. So for just one day, we need everyone who loves MPB Radio to call 888-372-GIVE or visit mpbonline.org and let's knock this drive out in one day. It's the one-day $100,000 drive this Friday on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends and our guest today, pastry chef Tiffany Wansley. We've got some open phone lines if you'd like to join in the conversation this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Back to the phones we go, and we say good morning to Frank in Jackson. Hey, Frank. Good morning, kiddo. How are you doing today? Fine. Good morning, food freaks. I see you <laughs> on, on staff here. Uh, I've, got, I've got two things I'd like to talk about. Number one, have you ever seen the British comedy called Chef? I have not seen that, Frank. I've got to bring by a, a DVD so you can watch it. This is before there was this big deal about cooking on your, in on uh, commercial TV. Okay. We always had cooking, uh, galloping gourmet, and all these other folks on public TV. But this guy is amazing. He's very funny. A guy named Lenny. Lenny, I think I need last name. But I will drop by a copy at the station for you to take. Thank you so I much. Have to get it back. I have to get it back. Okay. <laughs> No, well, Frank, if you drop it off, I, I might give it back, okay? <laughs> uh, okay, we'll start on YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> uh, ingredients. When I was in New York many, many decades ago, there was this little shop in this predominantly Puerto Rican and black neighborhood run by this Hungarian guy. And he made the best donuts ever. 
and he had a little shop no bigger than a typical, say, uh, shoemaker shop that you see. Mm-hmm. And he liked me for some reason. And well, Frank, you're definitely likable. <laughs> I said, what is the secret? He said, look, here's the recipe. He showed me the recipe. Very few ingredients. You know, I said, this is like something on the back of a pancake box. He said, yes, it is. I said, well, what's the secret to your incest? He says, it's the butter. The butter. I said, yeah. He said, yes. I said, well, everybody can get butter. He said, no. They can't get the butter that I get. <laughs> and uh, I found that same attitude here in Jackson with some caterers who are very successful. They say they don't buy any of their ingredients at the grocery store. The lady said, if you're buying something at the grocery store, you don't understand cooking, especially pastry cooking. So uh, things came up such as lard. You need lard, but you don't need lard that you buy in the store. You have to find a farmer who's got lard who's been feeding his pig a certain way. <laughs> I said, wow, is it that? Is it that stupid? And these people would say, yes, but you can tell the difference in their foods. Do you ladies have the same experience? Tiffany, I'm going to let you speak on that first, girl. <laughs> um, where ingredients come from, yes. I've noticed, not necessarily with butter, but I've noticed with, like, especially fish, you can taste where fish comes from. Mm-hmm. You can taste. Absolutely. To, for me, I, it's always been a, a love-hate relationship with me with catfish because I can taste the water that it comes from. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, you know, I will go years without eating catfish. And then I was like, oh, I can't stand catfish. And then I'll have, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. But it's, like, it's just that it's that taste because it, it ingests it and that's what comes out. It's the same thing when you buy uh, different brands of sweet cream, butter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about how they treat the animals and the animal's diet. That it affects the taste. It will affect the taste of the outcome of the product. I, I agree with that, uh, too. The other thing is, though, the reality is, is that the average person is going to go in the grocery store. And and f- for me, I do a lot of grocery store shopping. I think what happens is whether you are buying very high end products or you're buying things that have been grown a certain way. And I'm and I'm all for aquaponics. I'm all for hydroponics. I'm all for, you know, organic things. That's fantastic. But I feel like when you if you have love in your hands, let me do that. And you go into your kitchen and there's this sense of gratitude. It comes out in your food. I've seen chefs take very expensive things and ruin them. You know, so it's not always the fact that you got the best products. It's who you are in that moment when you're in the kitchen. And, you know, because there are going to be people, and we talk about that, whether you're buying, you know, a $30 cut or you're buying a, a $10 cut, it really is the value, I think, of how you understand food and who you are in that moment that really makes a huge, huge difference overall in a meal. You know, it's it's being able to, to see that, that grandmother take, you know, really um, minimal items and turn them into amazing meals that are absolutely delicious and full of flavor and full of life, uh, you know, opposed to somebody who... Um, you know, would take something and and not really understand the value of what it is, Tiffany, and you know, in the kitchen, and then you go like, "What is that?" It's very true. It's very true. I would always say one of the biggest differences between my things and maybe someone else's food is like is how much I care. Mm-hmm. You know, I I love what I do and I care about every step of it, and I care about everything that comes out that has my name on it. And and I think people can taste that. 
I think people can honestly taste your energy in food. I, I believe that. Um, I think, Kevin, you know, you would kind of say that, you know, about what I cook. And he's been very kind about, you know, telling me how he feels about what it is I've prepared. But I really think that whoever you are, you know, shows up in your food. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like to cook, because, you know, it's putting your hands on it. It's putting your energy in it and it's sending it out to your guests with a lot of love. It makes a huge, huge difference because I may not be able to go and buy a three hundred dollar ounce of caviar. You know, or truffle or truffles. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I may not be able to afford that. So, um you know, whether you, you know, using uh, shiitake mushrooms or those just canned mushrooms out of the store, it really just depends on. And I like those lavish meals, you know. Nothing. I might draw a line between the fresh and, and the canned sh- mushrooms. There's going to be a difference. It, it's a huge, it's a difference. Okay. It is a difference. But, but it, you can still make something great out of it, it right. depending on how you work it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and I think that's the whole point. You know, you can you can take what you have and make it incredible based on who you are, because everybody can't. You know, again, it's about economics. But but more than that, for me, it's about love economics that really makes food what it is. And I also say don't cook angry. Cause yeah, like, exactly. There could be a staple dish that you make all the time, but if you're in a bad mood and you're just trying to get it out, and then when you eat it, there's absolutely no enjoyment in it. It's right. like it's, it doesn't taste the same. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It doesn't feel the same, and it's just terrible. So, you know, one of the things that I do, uh, Tiffany, literally before I go in the kitchen and cook anything, I just say thank you. I say thank you a lot. I say I feel my heart full of gratitude because, like you said, I don't want to take what's not genuine, you know, that in terms of love and serve it to you. So I'm always saying thank you. And I think about Kevin on, and on Mondays and I say thank you for allowing me to, you know, be there with him and for being at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And I think about Jonas and all the people that are here. And if you think about people in kindness, your food will taste like that. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We've got some open phone lines if you'd like to call in and join our conversation this morning. The number is one mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 You know, we like people to go on the air. It's an interactive show. We love talking to the folks that call in. One of the reasons why we'd like for you to stay on the air and not just leave a question is that sometimes it doesn't necessarily translate very well. Someone called in and wanted to comment on using different sugars and sugar substitutes in different recipes. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I do. But you can't, for instance, just substitute sugar for brown sugar. I mean, that's not going to work, or is it? I don't know. It has worked. Uh, yeah, I think I think it can work. Uh, it's just like, um, you, you know, f- from cane sugar to granulated sugar can easily be transposed in terms of using them. And when you add brown sugar, I think you will agree to this, you're going to get a different texture and a taste from your product. Uh, but it really just, it depends. To me, uh, brown sugar has a certain moisture to it. Yeah. Because uh, the brown sugar is just molasses added to regular sugar. Um it's funny because one of my classes at MEW was science of food mm-hmm. and we had to do presentations and projects. And one of my classmates, um, Ebony, she actually did a, uh, her project was doing substituting sugars 
for in a cake recipe. So she made three different cakes. She made one with regular sugar. She made one with um, Splenda. And she made one with uh, sugar substitute, like something that's probably just all aspartame. And we all tasted the the cakes, and you could tell you know exactly what sugar tastes like. You know exactly what sugar tastes <laughs> you know like. Exa- you know exactly. And I think she might have had one where it was like half and half. And even then, you can still taste that, you know, something's not there or something else is there. And so um, it will have effect on the taste. It doesn't always have an effect on texture, um, but it most definitely does have an effect. You you taste the effect. Yeah. My project was the leaveners and pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly you're not going to substitute powdered sugar or confectioner sugar for regular sugar. That's not. Well, you can't. I have a pound cake recipe that actually used powdered sugar. But that, you just have well, to use a lot more volume. Yeah. But that's different from a recipe that has powdered sugar versus this recipe calls for sugar. Can I use powdered sugar instead? I think was. That's certainly not going to work. The measurements won't be yeah. equally transposed. You would have to use a lot more powdered <laughs> sugar. Um, but you still can use the powdered sugar. Yes. You just have to use a lot more in volume. Okay. All right. right. This is when you want to pay attention to your recipes when it talks about weight versus volume. <laughs> right. Because one cup of sugar does not weigh the same as a cup, a cup of, of water. Sugar so eight ounces of sugar is going to have a different weight from one cup of sugar. So that's one of the things that people get wrong in recipes is weight versus volume. Is it how much it fills the cup or is it how much it actually weighs? Absolutely. And that's that's, again, Tiffany, you know, when we were talking about earlier, you know, being able to teach your children science and math in those moments. And it's teachable moments even for us as adults, you know, because uh, for me, one of the things that I learn a lot uh, in in kitchen time is uh, the value of even weights in relationships, you know, gauging people and, you know, how to interact with folk. It, you know, you learn all of that stuff because if I put this with this, it's not going to work. And so sometimes, you know, even when you're dealing with people, if, if I'm made this way and I add this to it, how is it going to affect my life? So there are just so many things that you can learn in the kitchen that's just absolutely amazing. It's also about how you put a schedule out also. <laughs> like, should this person be on the clock at the same time as this person. <laughs> so I guess then sugar is, is interchangeable, but it can affect the taste. And obviously you would have to possibly in some cases uh, adjust the recipe as well. We need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, we've got a couple callers on the line. So we'll talk to James and Bob, and we've got an email to share as well. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back to wrap up the program after this short break. We need $100,000 to pay the cost of all things considered. Help us reach our goal during a one-day drive on Friday. To give now, visit mpbonline.org. 
Mississippi Public Broadcasting has partnered with StoryCorps to share first-person accounts of the lives of Mississippians from all walks of life. StoryCorps' mission is to preserve and share the stories of American lives through personal interviews. You can hear these locally recorded interviews each Tuesday morning at 8.30 as part of Mississippi Edition on NPB Think Radio. These segments will also be available at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends, and we're visiting today with our guest, Pastry Chef. Tiffany Wansley. We've got some phone lines open, but we've got some calls on the line. So let's start first with James calling in from South Mississippi today. Good morning, James. Hey, good morning, James. Hi. I just wanted to call in and back up what was said a few moments ago about grandmother's cooking. Okay. Yes. I'm 65, and I happen to have two grandmothers that were growing up in the 20s and were grown women in the 30s through the Depression and all. And I came along, you know, much later. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) what I will never forget is their cooking. Wow. And I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's ingredients and love. Absolutely. Because the people they were cooking for, well, those were the people, well, in their lives, you know. And it made such a difference. It makes a, a huge difference, James. I think it's a it's a way to celebrate your family. It's a way to uh, get to know people better. It's it's a way to say to people that you love them for just taking those moments uh, and to put your hands on something. And a lot of times, uh, especially here in the South, what you would find grandmothers doing is humming and praying while they were mm-hmm. cooking. And yeah. so you got the benefit of whatever that those moments were in your dishes. That's true. But I really believe ingredients had a lot to do with it. I do. Uh, I remember them telling me about how, well, you buy 50 pounds of flour, you buy 25 pounds of sugar, you buy, (laughs) you know, uh, a whole head of cheese and things like that, you know. And uh, basic things like that. And they just took all that and made some of the best meals I ever had. Absolutely. James, thanks for calling in this morning. Glad uh, we could kind of spur those memories of your of your grandmothers for you. Let's continue on. We've got uh, Bob called in from Collins this morning. Hello, Bob. Hey, Hey, how y'all doing? Doing good. I want to clear up something about brown sugar. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you got just to uh, give an example, you have uh, vanilla extract, which is a real thing. And then you got imitation vanilla. Mm-hmm. Or same thing about brown sugar. You know, one of you people said that brown sugar was just white sugar with molasses added. That is imitation brown sugar. The real brown sugar is when the sugar cane is harvested and, and the juice is squeezed out of it, it's put in the kettle and cooked, like down in South Louisiana. It's brown sugar and dark brown sugar is actually the stages which they harvest the the sugar, and it's it's naturally got molasses in it because of the cooking and sugar cane process. True brown sugar has got molasses in it because when it's harvested, it's not refined to that stage of white sugar, 
and imitation brown sugars when you got white sugar and you do put molasses in it. All right, thanks for t- taking my call. Oh, thank you, thank you so much, much, Bob, for t- uh, sharing that with us. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm truly brown sugar. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there are so many different processes uh, with food. And, you know, he was talking about cane, but, I, uh, you know, harvesting, you know, the sugar canes. But I remember Tiffany just being able to go out. My grandfather would grow that and uh, get a piece and cut the cane and just be able to chew it. And so I'm sure there are other people out here that remember that. But those Speaking are- of sugar cane, that, when I said I was 10 years old, everybody brought something in. Sugar cane was one of the things that one of them, my classmates brought in that day. Oh, yeah. They it, brought sugar cane for us. So your life's like, it's just, you know, chewing on a stick. It's, it's an amazing because you get to chew it and, you, you know, and then it's this natural sweetness. Have you ever had sugar cane before? No. Oh, wow. You know, he's not a he's not a sudden Juicy boy. water. Yeah, sugar yeah. is, it's amazing treat. It is. Uh, here's an email from Terry. Honey may remember, though I'm much older than her, those delicious Spanish bar cakes from the A&P store years ago. The only cake my mom would ever buy, a good moist spice cake type, a spice type bar cake with a cream cheese icing. Any ideas on a recipe that would replicate the cake? A uh, spice cake with a cream cheese icing. Spanish bar cake. I don't... Uh... I've never heard of Spanish bar cake before, but uh, to be able to create a nice uh, spice cake, uh, there, are, like Tiffany was saying, there are so many amazing recipes online for spice cakes. Um, and, you know, immediately when she said that, I was thinking uh, using... Uh, Perhaps instead of a round pan, you're going to use a tube pan to create this cake. But for me, with the cream cheese icing, uh, Tiffany, one of the things that I like to do is to, of course, you know, start with a base of cream cheese. Use a little bit of powdered sugar, and then I'm going to add a little bit of nutmeg along with whatever flavors. And usually I like to use either some rum or brandy to heighten just a little bit. A post, you know, most people kind of go to vanilla, vanilla, but I like to kind of, you know, branch out a little bit. And I'll use sometimes something really citrusy like some orange or something to add to that cream cheese to give it, um, you know, some extra, uh, you know, yumminess to it, whether I'm using a little bit of the juice as well as the zest into uh, creating that uh, glaze for my cake. Right. I also like to use the powdered sugar with the cream cheese because when you whip up the cream cheese, it'll help keep it lighter and yes. airier. And then you just add the powdered sugar into it to keep it light so it doesn't sink down and get heavy. Yeah. And like um, I had a Facebook memory yesterday that from one of the special desserts I did last year was a uh, strawberry cake. Where actually for the strawberry glaze, I just took a lot of powdered sugar and a little heavy cream and I just uh, mashed down a bunch of fresh strawberries into it and just kept mixing it, kept mixing it. And then uh, it just and then just poured it on top of the cake, and it just made a great glaze. I absolutely love fresh fruit uh, when I'm making desserts. I think it's amazing. I've never had the cake she's talking about, um, but when you say a bar, it makes me think of a dense type of cake. Mm -hmm. So I would think of something a little heavier. It probably, I would, I would probably think it would have a few more eggs and probably possibly use shortening in the recipe. Okay. Uh, you know, and then you have to figure out the spices because you know whether or not it's like star anise or mm-hmm. some cinnamon. You know, um, I would look up some Mexican spices and then try to do some combinations with that. And then um, I, w- I would do like a thicker pour on cream cheese frosting. Yeah. Terry, uh, the emailer. 
three words for you. The internet is our friend. Well, that's more than three. <laughs> uh, I just Googled Spanish bar cake. Get out of here, Kevin. And it came up with the original A&P recipe. There's a picture oh, wow. here. Let and so see. now that I see it, I think I remember actually having these. It's a it's kind of a... It reminded me of a carrot cake, so it is a dense kind of cake, but yeah, it's got that cream cheese icing yeah. on the top. So, But, yeah, I mean, and that's amazing because, like I said, I just Googled Spanish bar cake, and it said this was the original A&P uh, recipe. So, Terry, uh, it is out there on the Internet ready for you to uh, investigate and, and enjoy. Google is my best girlfriend. That's <laughs> my girlfriend. I love like YouTube because I love visual <laughs> demonstrations. But, yeah, when I saw the picture, I'm like, I think I remember that. So that is, and it is a nice spicy cake, and it's got that, you know, kind of. Uh, well, Kevin, I don't know why I don't remember. You know, I'm only 25, so I don't know. Why. <laughs> That's what people tell me, and I go with it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. So, Tiffany, do you have a, a favorite dessert to uh, to make? Actually, no. I have what I call food mood swings. Yeah. You know, I was like, um, I like international cuisine. I'll go through a dessert phase, and uh, it just... Um, I, what I've done the most is bread pudding at home because my niece Ooh. likes it so much. Oh, wow. And she's like, I want bread pudding. I want bread pudding. And it's so simple and so easy. Just make an egg custard, plenty of sugar, and, you know, put over the spices you want. You can add whatever kind of fruit you want to it. Right. And you can add what kind of, if you want chocolate, if you want caramel, if you want butterscotch, you know, you can add anything you want to it and then just bakes up. And it's crispy on top and soft in the middle. So if I say it like your niece, can I have some tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I want bread pudding. I want bread pudding. Did you get to try the fig bread pudding I made? Oh, oh. no. Are you serious? I missed that. Oh. oh, my God. So listen, before we go, I really want to ask you one question. Tell me, you know, being a woman in the kitchen, tell me about that experience. Um, it's unreal. It's unreal. Um. I think uh, I would say the first kitchen type of place I worked at was here. It was uh, in, it was in Ridgeland, not Ridgeland. It was off Lakeland in Flowood, and it was a place called Tacoma Grill. Okay. It's not there anymore. Now it's a it's an extra Aladdin's okay. location right there. And um, that was my first experience working in the kitchen where I had to prepare everything and do all the ingredients and set up, shut down open, close, serve guests, and cook in an open kitchen. And um, I would say anybody that's interested in cooking, you just have to be adamant. You have to be firm. Because like, one thing I would say is that I felt like no one took me seriously because I'd actually applied for kitchen jobs before I went to culinary school. Uh-huh. And while I was you know trying to do other jobs, because I, I did want to be in the kitchen, but I wasn't. I wasn't as confident about it. Uh, I felt like people didn't take me seriously. But the moment I put culinary school on my application, then people took me seriously. Like, the interview process was shorter. Okay. That is going to wrap us up for today. We have run out of time. Uh, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Jonas Adams. So for Deborah Hunter and our guest Tiffany Wansley, I'm Kevin Farrell, asking you to stay tuned. Coming up at next at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Southern Remedy follows at 11. Also, a reminder, uh, get your favorite podcast app out and subscribe to Deep South Dining. We certainly would appreciate that. We'll be back next Monday for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.